Same time, same place, sandwich. Are you already looking to see if it's lunchtime? No, I'm not talking about food this week. I'm talking about habits. More specifically, I'm talking about a way to leave unhealthy habits behind and add good, healthy practices to your day in a way that can last and not just through the honeymoon phase, but can become habits for a lifetime. Changing a habit is hard. Barriers constantly arise and it always comes back to this. How are we going to react to those barriers? We do not rise to the level of our goals, but fall to the level of our systems. What systems do we have in place? In my ongoing search to find ways to help clients set up their systems, I came across a book called Force of Habit, Unleash Your Power by Developing Great Habits by Dr. Tamson Astor. The theory is that it all it takes is three S's to cultivate a new habit. Same time, same place, sandwich. Curious to hear more? Stay tuned. Hello, and thank you so much for joining me. I am your host, Lindsay House, registered dietitian, private trainer, accountability coach, author. I have been working with clients for over 13 years, passionately changing the culture of health and fitness. I'm out here smashing scales, helping individuals rewrite the rules to what success looks like in their life. I want to change generational thinking. No more all or nothing mentality. Get rid of the diets and believe in the individualized journey. We are stronger than we will ever accept and beautifully made just the way we are. Keep your eyes on your own paper and trust your own path. Thank you for trusting me and letting me be a constant encouragement through your week. Let's get this motivation started. Welcome to your podcast, Direction Not Perfection. Happy Podcast Friday. We are on to episode 75, same time, same place, sandwich what? Yes, I had the same reaction as well. What are we talking about and why do we need to focus on the same time and same place? And more importantly, what the heck does it have to do with a sandwich? So we're talking once again about this topic of habit change. I know that we keep coming back to this, but I also feel like it's the one big unanswered question throughout my entire career. How do I help my clients change their habits? There is the starting of a new habit, there's the honeymoon phase, when we still feel like we have a lot of momentum and motivation behind that habit. And then I always feel like there's this harsh reality of, man, how hard it is to see that this new habit becomes a lifelong possibility. (sighs) This, my friends, is why we keep talking about habit change. It's hard. I want you to realize that you are not alone. I also say that a ton to you, but you're not. And I think that we start to feel that we are alone when we are like, why am I struggling with this? And I watch this other person just flow through this action. You are not alone, okay? Anyone making a habit change look easy. I guarantee you that they're either still flowing through their honeymoon phase or they're just not giving you the whole story. There are always promised barriers that are going to arise. And then it's how do we react to those barriers? I said it in the intro, but it always boils back down to we do not rise to the level of our goals, but instead we fall to the levels of our systems. And so the question is always, what systems do we have in place to to ultimately catch ourselves, to catch ourselves when we fall? What systems do we have in place that help provide just promise of hope and that much needed reset that we're going to need? And it's not a one-time reset. It's an often. It's just believing that 
we're going to keep having to come back to these habit changes because it's not a one-time fix. And I think that if we can really settle into that, that it doesn't feel like failure when we do have to reset and try again, then it's just part of the process versus I started and I failed. I don't believe in that. That's not true. So I'm always looking for new information or same information just told a different way to build kind of my little ammo closet of ways to work with my clients and really help them through habit change. And recently I was reading this book called Force of Habit um, and Unleashing Your Power by Developing Great Habits by Dr. Tamsin Astor. So I liked this. She goes into these three S's to cultivate a new habit. Sometimes I like doing an episode like this because I'm hoping we can talk about it first and then my ultimate hope is to bring this author on an interview so that we can dive in much deeper. So we're going to kind of hit it surface level today. This is obviously just one little blurb out of a chapter within the book, but maybe we can pull her on and see what else we can sneak out of her awesome brain. Um, So three S's to cultivate habit change, same time, same place, and sandwich. So in short, when you're starting a new habit, you're going to need to do it at the same time and in the same place. And then you're also going to want to sandwich that habit in between two habits that you already do very naturally or that come to you extremely easy, okay? So let me explain this a little further with an example because examples always help me really be able to visualize. But let's say you would like to start meditating. If you were to follow this formula of three S's, we would meditate at the same time each day, okay? So we'll say we're aiming for the morning because this tends to be a more stressful time for you. You're trying to get yourself and your family out the door, pack healthy lunches, figure out what you're going to do at the when all the work stops and the kids need to run around places. So it's just a little bit stressful for you and you feel like if you could just kind of set the day with some meditation, it might ultimately help. So morning would be good. Morning would be our same time. And then we're aiming for the morning time, but we're also going to need a place. So same place to do this meditation. And I'm going to give an example of maybe you go hide in an office and find a comfy chair in that perfect place to meditate. And that's going to be your happy home where you're going to do that every day. Okay. So now we have our place and our general time in which we're going to do it. And now here comes the sandwich part. We need to place this meditation in between two things that we're already doing very naturally. So for example, um, and just for the sake of no particular person in mind, let's just say that you always jump out of bed and brush your teeth and then you take the dog for a short walk. And you always do this, you never skip it. So you decide you will brush your teeth and that's the first part of your sandwich and then you're gonna go to your office in the morning that same time same place and grab a 10 minute meditation and then when you walk out of the office you resume your morning habit and take the dog for a walk okay as I'm even saying this out loud I had an extremely similar conversation with my business coach the other week I was feeling just all sorts of out of sort with the quarantine and the kids that have officially been home with me all the time you know and now summer's kicking off and I feel like it's all the same. The fight still remains the same and we have another 10 weeks of it of just, it's just hard to find alone time and hard to find that time to do business. And, and so anyways, I was talking to my business coach and after she asked me many questions, one of the main barriers that was actually popping up for me out of anything was my new puppy. 
because what we talked about was in previous summers, my mornings, I would wake up before the kids and that was my time to knock out invoicing or it was my time to grab a workout or it was my time to catch up on charting. It was, it was this built in before anybody's feet hit the floor time. But now that I have this new puppy, she's awake with me and it's kind of stripped away my alone time once again. And so as we were talking about this, we're like, how can we, how can we work this in? And ultimately what we decided was that it works really well for me to take the dog for a walk when my feet first hit the ground in the morning. It ultimately helps avoid any accidents that she would be having in the house. And so with this new trying to find me time when I'm thinking about same time, same place and sandwich, my me time is going to happen in the morning. My same place, I'll get to that, okay? But the first part of my sandwich is I'm always walking the dog. I think it's really important. It's avoiding accidents. So that's happening naturally. And then I'm going to come back and I'm going to find my me time. And this is what my business coach and I talked about was out on the porch was kind of this like key spot that I need to go to. And the reason for this is because if I come back inside, my dog and my cat start to go at it, my dog starts to bark, and then everybody in the house is up. Right? I just lost any chance of me time. And so ultimately, if I go out to the porch, I can just take the dog out with me, cat stays inside, and it's all good. Okay, and I know this all seems so trivial and dumb, but I always feel like barriers are trivial and dumb. And so that's why I think this is kind of a perfect example. The other kind of seems easy piece would be, okay, just go out to the porch, duh. Yeah, but it takes a little prep. Like I need to make sure that my computer's charged and I need to make sure that it's sitting by the door so that when I go out to the porch, then I'm just swooping up my computer dog and then I'm out there and I can work for an hour. Okay, so then the next part of that is my kids naturally wake up around that 7, 7.30 time. So that's always going to happen in my morning. My kids are always going to be that next piece of the sandwich. So again, just to review this, same time is morning time for me time. Same place is now going to be porch. And then the sandwich piece is dog goes for a walk. Then my porch time and me time is going to happen and then the kids wake up and then I proceed with my day as usual. And so it does, it seems so simple even as I'm saying it out loud, but I'm telling you I'm two weeks in now of making this all happen and my life has righted itself. I feel like I've had time to like set my day right, catch up with my clients, stuff like I feel like my business is flowing better and just (sighs) deep breath. It's working Hallelujah. Right? And so at this point, I want you to pause the episode. I want you to take a minute to really think through a specific habit change that maybe you've been contemplating over. Maybe you're ready to dive in right this second on and think through this 3S equation and how it could it could fit into what your habit change could look like. And I'd highly recommend brain dumping these ideas onto paper. That really helps. Pen to paper is huge. You can visually see it. You can just get it out there and let the pen flow. But I get it, at very least, if you're kind of busy and you don't have time for that at the moment, I just want you to take this time to mentally think through your options. And maybe down the road, when you do find a little free time, you can brain dump on paper. The next important part of this episode is as we're thinking through that habit change and rec- is to like recognize 
how other people are doing it successfully. And okay, little side note, I know I always say keep your eyes on your own paper. And just to clarify with that, I, I mean to don't judge yourself by what others are doing. And as I'm asking you to look at what other people are doing successfully, I'm not coming at that as a like judging yourself against somebody else. I'm just saying this is helpful to look how other people are finding some success with habit change because it really helps us maybe do it a little smarter or find a way that could work for us and just kind of open up some new ideas. So the author of Force of Habit emphasizes this by suggesting that you recognize what other people are doing when they are successful. And here's her list, okay? Her list is one, replace unhealthy habits with healthy habits, which just purely means you don't just take away an unhealthy habit and not try to replace it with something. Like if you are always bringing, let's say, a soda in the car or coffee in the car with lots of creamer and whatnot in it. And you're like, I really need to cut these calories right here. The suggestion would be find something else that is satisfying that's still kind of that handhold and the pleasure of getting to bring something in the car versus just saying, no, I can't have this soda and then not replacing it with anything. Then it starts to feel very deprivational, okay? So replacing can be a big deal. Number two, have social support and accountability. So, sound familiar? Um, That's why I deem myself an accountability coach. I feel like it's one thing to set some goals, but if we ultimately are never answering to anybody, and when I say answering, I mean in a very positive way, just like knowing that somebody cares whether you have achieved your goal or not. That's that accountability piece. Or the social component, again. If a friend knows you're going to show up for a walk, you're more apt to do it than if you just commit to yourself to go walk. It's much easier to, to let yourself off the hook. Okay? So number one, replace unhealthy habits with healthy habits. Number two, have a social support or accountability. And number three, let go of who you think you should be. And that goes back to eyes on your own paper, as we just mentioned that. If you always think you should be doing what your neighbor is doing, or think you should be doing what your spouse is doing, or think you should be doing what your sister or your brother is doing, it puts a lot of pressure on something that's not going to flow natural for you. So don't worry about what you think you should be doing. It's really ultimately about what's working for you. Number four, let go to something bigger than yourself. Call it God, the universe, a collective energy, whatever sits well with your soul on that one. But really having some faith and some trust in the process and letting it go to a bigger force. Um, Number five, remember that shifts can take time. These habit shifts are not going to happen overnight, and they might not even happen over the next two months. It might take years, and we've just got to be gentle and kind with ourselves, especially when those relapses hit, which is what I was talking about of the reset button. So be kind to yourself. And that made the list of what other successful people are doing. You see somebody else who's really given themselves a lot of grace, And you're going, wow, they're pretty easy on themselves, but yet they're successful. So maybe it works, (laughs) you know, so just really staying open to that. I I liked this list. I I 100% agree with it. So I want you to really look at the list, okay? I want you to see which pieces stick out to you. 
what almost like jumps off the page at you? What almost highlights itself of something that you've never tried? Do you always take a habit but forget to replace it with something healthy or fun? to really kick out that deprivational feeling? Do you always try to go it alone because you think it feels crazy to need to ask for help for such a silly change? Do you forget to keep your eyes on your own paper and you seem to consistently be fighting for others' goals? I feel like that's such a common one. In other words, you feel like you should be trying to go low carb because that's what you keep hearing somebody else is doing? Or you should be working out with this trainer because your neighbors are loving her? What about the concept of letting go to something bigger than yourself, like we talked about with God, just trusting or the, to the universe, just having faith in this process? And then I would say, lastly, who has truly never been gentle or kind to yourself? When it really boils down to it, it sounds all well and fine to tell somebody else to give themselves some grace, but you think that you work better with reprimand and when you're hard on yourself. There is something within that list that I know one of you has never or all of you has not tried yet. And it's always going to be the hardest one for us because we don't really believe that it's going to work. And that's where I really challenge you to try it because you might pleasantly surprise yourself. Okay, I hope that we did that topic justice because again... Fingers crossed that we get to pull the author on with us in the near future and pick her brain. And for now, I'm going to sign off with a cheers to health and happiness. And it means more than it ever has. I just pray that everybody is staying healthy and, and working your way as through this crazy time and as the quarantine lifts. And we'll just see what tomorrow brings, right? One day at a time, one action at a time one habit change at a time. Have such a great week and thank you for tuning in. I'll see ya or I'll talk to you next Friday. Thank you for joining me today. If this topic served any purpose for you or you could picture that exact person who needed this, I'm always honored when you share the episode. We are making 2020 the year that we are going to pour motivation and inspiration onto others. I also always appreciate when you leave reviews on iTunes and rate the podcast. I send you off with all the praise and momentum you deserve for staying open to new information, keeping an open mind to the fact that our journey will look different now, a year from now, five years from now slow and steady y'all it's not always instant gratification and it's not always that exciting but a much gentler redeeming path that will serve you well throughout all of the years of every season of life i cannot wait to catch up next friday cheers to health and happiness